But if you have your Bibles with you, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13 to 16. And we are um, in our series, our theme for the year, which is city on a hill, a city on a hill. The church is a city on a hill. And as is our custom, we stand for the reading of God's word uh, in honor of the word of God, Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 16. And it's also our custom that after, after the preaching of the word, we, we invite people to come to the altar and pray. And whatever your need might be, you are welcome to come at this time. This is a house of prayer. And this is a time of not us just uh, being entertained by music or, or being, uh, I guess, stimulated by the preaching, as it were. But there's a place that we commune with God personally and directly. Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all men that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Why don't we pray, ask God's blessings. We need to pray for Brother Peter and Sister Kathy who are not well. Uh, Sister Sandra and Sister Latia still. We pray for God's healing. Amen. Would you lift your voices together in Jesus' name. Father, we know that you are our high priest, touched by the feelings of our infirmities. You are the healer. And today we pray that you would send forth your word to bring healing and a recovery to your children in Jesus' name. We bring before you these precious ones, Brother Peter, Sister Kathy, Sister Sandra, and Sister Latia, Lord, others that may be sick today. Lord God, we are asking that you'd go to their sick bed and bring healing and virtue to begin to flow from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We speak your healing power now to be released. For by your stripes we are healed. And we appeal to that promise. We appeal to your word, Lord God, today. That if we ask, we will receive. And so do it now, we ask, according uh, to your mercy and your grace. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that you speak to us this day. Anoint your servant, your people, that we may receive from you your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time and give him praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you get that sign of that car. Left their lights on. Okay. Amen. We've got some new lights installed this week, so... Pardon me if I look a little like a ghost. Got the Holy Ghost, but amen. Our series that we're looking at, City on a Hill, uh, and it is our theme for this year, and it is what we are emphasizing for the need of the church to be what God had intended for us that we are to be light, we are to be a city on a hill, we are to be salt. I emphasized a couple of weeks ago 
It's been three weeks now, I suppose. That we are not to be hidden like the, uh, the Essenes, the, the cult in the time of Jesus, living a monastic lifestyle, ostracized from the world. But rather we are to be seen and to be visible for all. Uh, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 2, he said, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. We are living epistles. We are seen and we are read by all that are about us. A city on a hill by its nature cannot be hidden and it is a contradiction in terms. You can't hide, you cannot conceal a city on the hill. And in the same way, Christians, by its very definition, cannot, uh, are, cannot be hidden, or they are to be seen and known. You are otherwise no longer a Christian. I preached a message many years ago called Your Walk with God is Personal, but it is not private. It is a personal relationship that we all have. But there are no such things as undercover Christians. There is no CIA of the UPC. There's no FBI. KGB, what, I don't know if they still have the KGB today. I'm not sure. But it is a misnomer. It is a contradiction in terms because a Christian, by its very definition, is a witness. It is a, a voice. It is a reflection of the glory of God and of God's word. You, there are no private secret undercover Christians. We are all called by God. And, and this is somewhat a paradox because he's saying a, a city on a hill cannot be hid, light that is seen. Uh, but, and that's what we are by essence. When you become a born-again believer, you are a witness to be seen by all the world. But here's a paradox. You can still choose. You can, even though that's your nature, you can still choose not to do that. And so we, our brethren talked about light last week, last Sunday. I want to talk about this other component about salt. And this is my message here today is, is the salt of the earth. And what Jesus has called us to is a relationship with him as far as our inner man is concerned. But he also, as believers, call us to have a relationship with those out in the world. We are the salt of the earth. While many of us may consider salt as almost trivial, and even I'm sure your, your doctors probably told you at some point, don't eat too much salt. Uh, don't have too much salt in your diet. But remember that when Jesus used this parable, it is quite possible that their value of salt is, is much different today. Salt was much more than what we, we uh, see it or we uh, evaluate it as for today. It was so much more important. In fact, payment in the 
Roman culture was sometimes given in salt. You ever hear that saying, he's not, his, he's not worth his weight in salt? Uh, or, and that's where we get the word salary from. Anybody get a salary here? Your salary comes from the world, word salt. Because they often paid them in salt because salt has been known to have about over 14,000 uses. 14,000 uses. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what they say on, on the internet and Wikipedia or something like that. They've been known, salt has been known to remove carpet stains. It's been known to, to clean your fridge, sanitize cutting boards, relieves bee stings, deodorizes your running shoes. Amen. Some of you wives need to pour that, some of that in your husband's shoes. 14,000 uses for salt. On and on, but today I'd like to categorize the uses of salt into just a few general uses. That salt preserves, it cleans, it seasons, and it heals. Amen. But before I get into all of that, I'd like to make an inference to say, firstly, that if uh, whatever salt does, whenever it touches something, it makes a difference. And the only way that salt can make a difference is that it is fundamentally different from that which it affects. Amen. Salt doesn't make other salt salty. It's already salty. But salt only makes that which is not salt salty. Amen. That means that if we are the salt of the earth... We are to be different from that which we affect. Amen. We are to be fundamentally different from those who are not believers. I want to remind you and reject the notion that, that we've got to be like the world to win the world. You don't have to be like the world to win the world. Amen. The Bible says to, to come out from among them, come out from among them and be separate. Praise God. What I'm saying to you today is that if we are salt, we don't have to be like the world. We don't have to engage in sin. Yes, we've got to make an impact. We've got to reach out to them. We've got to connect to the world. But we cannot be the same as the world. Otherwise, we will never be able to make a difference in this world praise God and when you become a child of God when you give your life to Jesus when you become a follower of the Lord I'm sorry yeah things begin to change in your life you're no longer the same you're no longer the old you the old man the Bible says is buried in the watery grave of baptism and when you come up out of that you walk in a newness of life hallelujah so get over and quit soaking about the fact that you've got to be different and, and you can't behave the way they behave and you can't act the way that you act. How are you going to make a difference unless you become different? Oh, I, I'm glad there's a few here. I've got a few Pentecostals here. Hallelujah. Yes, I know it's tough. Yes, I know sometimes we feel ostracized from the parties and the work events and, and the functions. And I know sometimes people will look at us different. But hear me, unless we are different, we're not going to change and impact our world. 
God said, be holy for I am holy. You've got to follow your God. You've got to hearken to the voice of your Savior. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why you don't have to be salt with other salt. Amen. You got to be salty. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know what... What, what modern vernacular that's referring to nowadays. I think, I don't know, I think when you say somebody's salty, it's a negative connotation, but I'm using it for a positive connotation. You got to get salty. Amen. You got to get God's word in your heart. You got to get the Holy Ghost dwelling in your spirit. And when you're walking with God, when you're walking in the spirit of God, and not many people may not like it. Those in the world may shake their head and think that you're crazy. Oh, but you so you watch you stand your ground sooner or later they're gonna come knocking on your door they're gonna send you a text message they're gonna dm you on messenger and say hey what is it about you that's so different what is it about you hallelujah glory to god amen and i remember as a youth worker i walked into to this refuge back in the day, this was many, many years ago. I wanted a change of careers. I left, I was working in an insurance company. Then we decided to go to do some youth work, something that felt a little meaningful. And they, the only thing that they would have for somebody who only worked in an insurance company was work at this, what they call a level three, a state ward kids refuge. These kids, you remember, Brother Chris, these kids were, were, were the, we were the last stop for these children. They were not fosterable. Nobody wanted them. Their behaviors were just off the roof. And, and this house that they put me in, it was the last stop for these kids. I walked into this house in Bankstown. There's a five-bedroom home, beautiful mansion-looking place. As soon as I walked in, there were holes in the wall. That This place was trashed. And, and as workers, we, we weren't allowed to, to handle the kids. We couldn't even restrain the children. All we could do is if they did something wrong, if they did something illegal, we had to call the cops. That's all we could do. And, and it was so bad that when I got there, some of the workers, I hope they're not listening to this, but some of the workers were doing drugs with the kids. I said, how in the world? And here I was, a Christian, and the workers are trying, man, you got to get them on your side. I said, I can't do that. And so they, they gave me a hard time. The kids gave me a hard time. They knew, they knew I, was, I, was a, I, I was a Christian. After a while, they understood. And, and it was just, just tough. And I was just ostracized. You know, they, they just made fun of me. And, and you know, one, one kid asked me for a Bible. And I said, oh, man, a, a bit of a breakthrough here. I gave him a Bible. And a week later, I came by, went into his room, and there was the Bible on the ground. And I said, oh, man, it looks like he's been reading. And I opened up the Bible. There's all these pages torn out of the Bible. I said, what happened to the Bible? He said, oh, I ran out of, I ran out of tally ho papers and rollies. And so I used it to roll up my. <laughs> and then they, they gave me a hard time. They would, they would pull up the handbrakes on the car while we were driving. They, they, would, they set a fire in the middle of my office. They had the kids with just one kid. He came home. He just smashed every window in the house. 
And I said, Lord, I don't know if I can handle this. And I, I had to work some Sundays, and, and Brother Slack said, well, you know, uh, you just don't work too much. Just don't work too much. But I, I persevered, and I stayed. And, and you know what? They, they, they try to pressure me to do things, but I said, no, I've got to stand my ground. And, and I even I had accusations against me because I wouldn't do what the kids wanted me to do. But I'll tell you, by the time I left that refuge, I baptized three of those young people. You want to know why? It's because even though they gave me a hard time, when those kids were by themselves, they would come up to me and begin to ask me, what is it about this God you're talking about? Where, where, where's this church at? We baptized them in this church in Jesus' name, and a couple of those kids grew up to be a listen to me. You stand your ground. You live for God. You live with principles. You follow his word. You've got to be different to make a difference. You've gotta be different to make an impact hallelujah praise God amen the second thing you got to remember is that in order for salt to be effective it has to make contact with that which it touches amen Yes, we do keep ourselves, the Bible says in James 1 and 26, unspotted from the world. We have to be holy. But if the world has any hope of redemption, and this is what our theme is about, we've got to learn to touch the lives of people. Amen. Don't, don't be so afraid. Here, here's the other end of the spectrum. That we're so afraid of being, being tainted and being polluted by others. We don't want to fall because we might get tempted. But listen, we were not called to be monks in the wilderness separated from the world. God has called us that the moment you get the Holy Ghost, the moment God makes you a child of God, He calls you to go out and make contact and touch the lives of people. Amen. That means you've got to open up your life. You've got to open up your home. Sometimes you've got to open up your wallet. You've got to open up your diary and make time to touch the lives of people. I'm not saying you've just got to go preach them and Bible bash them over the head. But what I'm saying is we've got to touch. If we are salt of the earth, we've got to touch. We've got to make contact. We've got to have a relationship. Oh, hallelujah. Hands up here if you came to know God because of somebody that you knew. Amen. Hands up if you, if you became born again because of somebody that you knew that you had a relationship. Hands up. Come on. Lift them high. There it is right there. Because somebody we knew, somebody that had contact with us, somebody that had a relationship with us, and we saw something in them. There was a change. There was a life. There was a hope. All of a sudden, there was a glint in their eyes. There was a sparkle in their words that they would speak because they came and touched us, and we saw Jesus through them. I want you to know with what you have, we've got to touch the world. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Salt is different. Salt has to touch lives. Amen. I believe God called us to work, to put food on the table. We have a responsibility. The Word of God says, if you don't provide for your family, you are worse than an infidel, and you have denied the faith. 
We've got to provide. But I also believe that God gave us room in our lives to touch somebody else's life. Amen. That is the purpose of the church. We gather here together on Sundays to find encouragement, to find fellowship. This is an army, the army of the Lord. We come, as it were, to get our marching orders from God's Word. But listen, church doesn't finish after service is ended. Church just begins. Amen. Church starts because the purpose of church is to reach out to somebody, is to touch somebody's life, is to make contact with them. Amen. I know we've got problems we've got to sort through. I know we've got issues in our lives that we've got to work through and got to find help for. But can I help somebody right now and tell you that half of your problems will be sorted if you give yourself to helping somebody else's problem? So well, I don't have time to do Bible studies, Pastor. I've got too many problems of my own. Listen to me. If you do something for God, if you step out by faith and reach out to a life on behalf of Jesus, I'm telling you, the resources of heaven are going to come pouring down upon your life, and he will help you. And before you know it, that problem you've been wrestling with for so long, all of a sudden, God, you've already forgotten about it. God is already helped you oh i've come to tell you be the salt that god created you to be be who you are live out the nature hallelujah oh i better get to my sermon i'm sorry hallelujah i'm almost finished my introduction amen Salt has its four uses. I don't know if I'm going to get through all this today. The first thing salt does is it preserves. Salt has the ability to preserve organic material from rot and decay. Before they had refrigeration, they, the way they preserved food was just rub salt all over it. Thus, salami was born. Amen. Somebody said amen. I know we're on this fast, 21-day fast. It's not too late. As Sister Gina said, you can still fast. You can still join in. But uh, if you've got any health problems, make sure you see your doctor first. That's why we have prosciutto. Somebody say praise the Lord. Salt is used to preserve. Much like the second law of thermodynamics or the law of entropy, where the physical world goes from order to chaos. Where things degrade, metal rusts, in the same manner, wickedness of man's sin continues to decay and deprave the soul of man. And I believe it's the church as salt that brings preservation from decay, that brings a preservation from destruction and degradation, like Abraham's intercession. You remember that? When Abraham began to intercede and he stayed the hand of God from destroying Sodom and Gomorrah with his nephew Lot still in it. I believe the church throughout the last 2,000 years has kept back the complete and utter demise of this world. Salt through the preaching of God's word 
through the declaration and the telling of all, all men that there is hope from their sin through Jesus Christ our Lord. We are the preserving agent for this world. That you just have to look, you just have to open up your news feed. You just have to look into the news media and see the kind of wickedness and degradation that is upon our world. That mankind is capable of such evil and evil unrestrained. There is no stopping how evil and how dark this world can get. But I am convinced from the word of God that the church is that preserving agent that can stop and stay. Hallelujah. I want you to understand something. That's why we've got to continue to preach the word of God. That's why it's still the Bible says through the preaching of God's word, they are some are saved. They that believe find the power of salvation. Amen. It's not the nice building and thank God for it. It's not the great equipment and thank God for it. It's not the good programs that we have in this church and thank God for every good thing. But hear me, the hope of this world is still the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ that God came to this earth. He embodied himself in flesh. He went to the cross. He laid down his life with nails through his hands and nails through his feet. And he shed that pure and innocent blood. And he was buried in a tomb. And three days later, my Savior rose from the dead. And he is alive forevermore. I want you to know that the hope of this world it's not the WHO it's not the latest vaccine but it's Jesus Christ it's the gospel hallelujah it's preserved my soul it's preserved your soul and we need to preserve the souls that are lost that are dying it's still the heartbeat of God it's still the burden of the Lord it's still his desire Hallelujah. Now let me make a little disclaimer. I'm not saying to go out and stop Bible bashing people. You got to be careful with folks that you already know. You've already got some leverage with them. You've already got some access, some entry with them. Uh, and so I'm not suggesting you start Bible bashing them. But, but if there's an opening and you've got to ask God for wisdom, if there's an opening in conversation, that you, you, can, you can put in that there's hope. That you can put in your testimony. Man, we just, in the last couple of weeks, we had Brother Mo's testimony on our Facebook. We had Sister Martha's testimony, and it's gone absolutely viral. 90,000, Brother Mo, you're famous. You're Facebook famous. And, you know, we just, we just put it on there, their testimony. I'm telling you, so many people have responded. So many people have acted. Listen, we've got to get the word out to them. We've got to, we've got to make ourselves available that they'll begin to ask us. They'll begin to inquire, what is it about you? And, and you can share God's word to them. Amen. Now, when we go out on the streets... Doesn't matter when we those those boys start preaching, they start screaming their lungs out. Can you see me? They start screaming their lungs out. They start preaching. That's okay. They're preaching the word of God, and maybe somewhere the, the seed will fall. Praise God. But if you do that to your cousin, you get on the phone. 
You that's going to hell, you need to. I wouldn't suggest that. You still need wisdom. But they still need the message. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verse number 2. He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Withal, praying also for us that God, watch this, would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. That's what you got to pray for. Pray every day, God, give me a door of utterance, where an opportunity, a door represents an opportunity to speak. That I make, make, I may make, make it manifest as I ought to speak. And then he says this, walk in wisdom. Listen, the Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, if you think you don't have enough wisdom, if any man lacks wisdom, wisdom let him ask of God who gives liberally. He doesn't give like us. He gives, he gives liberally. Walk in wisdom towards them that are outside, without, who don't know. Redeeming the time. You got to know what time it is. We don't know. It. Oh, watch this. Verse number six. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Speak the truth. Tell them about the hope of Jesus. But be careful with your words. You got to season it with salt. You got to be, you know, like that, that guy that went viral on social media that, that does the salt thing. He's like, ever see that? Some Turkish. I, I don't know why. All he does is this. He just sprinkles salt like this. You ever see that guy? He's from Turkey, I think. Like he sprinkles the salt and the salt runs down his arm and onto the food. Now, who would want to eat that? It's, it's, it went all through your hair, like on your arm. It's, but it says to season your words with salt. You got to just, just put a little. If you, you know, if they, they can't comprehend some of the spiritual mysteries of Christ, it's a little too deep. You don't, you don't give him the whole enchilada. You, you just give him a little guacamole. Here, have, have a taste of this. Then you come back the next week. Oh, this is a whole nother session. But the, the, clean, the, the preserving agent of God's word, of God's promise, and, and I've got to wrap this up, is through his word. Salt preserves. That's why I look around this room right now and I see a whole bunch of lies that were on their way to a devil's hell. Your life was spiraling like yours and mine. And somehow God came in and preserved our lives. So we're sticking around. We've, we've got friends that are still in prison today in their 40s. And we got, we got friends that, are, that uh, have OD'd, not, no longer with us. As a teenager, I had no idea that this thing was real. But the power of God's word has the ability to preserve your life from degradation and decay. Listen, you don't have to be defined by the dysfunction of your family. 
You, you don't have to remain in that toxic relationship that will continue to destroy you and bring you down. Listen, no matter how old you are, you might be 20 years old or you might be 80 years old, but listen, you can still grow. You can still develop. You can still find healing and you can still... Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God's power, God's Holy Spirit and his word has enough power to preserve your life that he will keep you in perfect peace. Oh, let the word of God dwell richly within you. Let it change the way you think. Let it change the way you feel. If you feel depressed because that's how you've always been, I urge you to think upon God's word and don't let go until his word gets a hold of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says one of David's mighty men, I think it was Benaiah, who he, he slew a thousand Philistines. He fought so hard as a warrior that the Bible says he, he, that, that his hand claved to the sword, to the handle of the sword. In other words, he couldn't even let go of the sword. It had virtually, the sword had virtually become a part of his anatomy. It had become an extension of his because he gripped so hard on that thing after killing a thousand Philistines, they would have had to prize every finger off in order for him to let go of that sword. You know what that shows to us? It's possible to get such a hold of God's word that it would fill our hearts and minds instead of junk until God's word gets a hold of us. Amen. I'm sorry. I've been in this too long. Amen. I'm sorry, devil. You can bring whatever you want to, but I've been in this too long for me to let go. I, I've, I've let go of God's word a few times, but in those times where I let go of God's word, his word didn't let me go. His word reached out to me in the depth of my despair, and his word came alive. Oh, hallelujah, I would to God that his word would be in your heart like fire, like burning fire shut up in your bones. Let it be at the core of your being. Amen. Not that social media jug, not, not the mainstream media, not the stuff you see out there, but God's word. Let it get a hold of you. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Musicians, if you like to come. I've got to stop. We got the main feature on the second service. This is a great man of God right here. This, this was our junior youth pastor when I was the youth pastor. This man right here. Met his wife in Denmark. And then we lost him to Denmark. But they started a church called Living Church in Copenhagen. I had the pleasure of being with them a few years ago. And I'll tell you, Europe is much like Australia. The spiritual climate is tough. There's no Bible Belt in Europe. Or maybe in the Balkans, I don't know, I'm not sure. But he felt the call of God to start a work in the, with nothing. There was nothing there. Now they've got a church in Copenhagen, Denmark. Amen. We travel to India together. We went to, to northeast India, Mizoram, and Himalayas, where the mountains, where Brother Mo was there, Brother Lafali came with us. We were at an incredible place. And that, that trip did something to our lives that changed us forever. God's word had gripped us. 
I believe that the hand of God is being stayed because of the church. The darkness has not overtaken this world because of the church. I'm, I'm not saying that we should be in government, but how beautiful it would be for every politician to become a born-again believer. And their souls too. Their people too. They need to go to heaven. We are not just some nice, cute little community. We are a living, powerful, dynamic force that has the ability to change its world. And I'm challenging this church for you to make an impact for you to touch lives. It may be a simple act of kindness just by paying for somebody's McDonald's behind you in the drive-thru. Just opening a door, giving a smile to somebody. I, 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 go, I go to the gym when I, when I get a chance to go. Every time I see the staff there, I smile, good morning. And some of those folks, boy, they look like they don't like that job. They look like seven mother-in-laws just moved in with them. Or they've just been sucking on a bag of lemons. But even I, I, I determine I'll smile every day, even though I'm tired. I don't really want to work out. I, Good morning. How you doing? We can make a difference in our world. We are salt. Light. Light is from outside. It is from heaven. Light represents a supernatural aspect of who we are, but salt of the earth is in the earth. It's, it's the part that connects us with our world. It's our relationships. It's, it's our connection. It's, it's who we are. He said we are to be salt. And of course, I, I don't have time to go into it, but salt, the most basic usage is for flavor. I'm telling you, a life without Jesus, even if you had all the money in the world, even if you had all the entertainment, it's bland. It's dull. But when Jesus came into our lives, it brought a flavor. It brought, when you've got God, there's purpose. God gave us purpose and that, that brings to life all of a sudden the grayness of our world. The gray, the gray scenario. Oh, you ever seen those movies where it's gray and all of a sudden color comes in. Amen. When you came, when, when Christ came into your life, color came into your life. There's purpose that it doesn't matter what you're facing. Regardless of the hardship of life, it gives you a flavor, a seasoning that you can see through everything. Oh, I wish I had time. Amen. You know, they, they're putting salt in everything nowadays. They put salt in caramel. Remember that? I, I, as a kid, I never had this salted caramel. In fact, when I was living in Singapore as a kid, you, back in the day, you used to be able to buy Coca-Cola, and they would, they would take the bottle of Coca-Cola, and they would put it in a plastic bag. I think they still do that in the Philippines. They put a plastic bag because the bottles, the glass bottles, are worth money. And so if you, want, you don't want to pay for the glass, but they put it in a little plastic bag, and they did, they, they did this in Singapore. They put salt in my Coca-Cola. I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing? That is so strange and bizarre. But when I drank it, it wasn't that bad. In fact, salt makes everything taste better. It doesn't, even the sweet stuff. 
I know some of you are going to go home and try, oh, salt of my Coke. I'm going to put a teaspoon. Don't put too much. That's the key, right? But it made the Coke. It's weird. It's strange, but it tasted good. And what I'm saying is that the we can make, we can be that salt. We can be that flavor for this world. We can tell them it's okay that there's hope. We, we can change the circumstance. There's people out there who are going through hardship and we can be that salt to bring them flavor and to bring them support, encouragement, help. We can stand with them. We can hold their hand. I'm not saying that we've got power, but I'm saying the Bible says if you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's not me, but I'll be there. And listen, even if there's no healing, we've got the ability to stand with our brothers and sisters, to be present in the funeral home, in the hospital, in that broken home, in that alcoholic's life. We can be there to add flavor. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet right now? Glory to God. Oh, bless the Lord. I believe God wants to do something in, in, in your life today. If you've lost your, your state saltiness, perhaps, or your seasoning, he says, it's no good but to be trodden underfoot. But I believe we can find that again. We can, we can be restored. This simple chemical, is it sodium chloride? The simple ingredient of salt that you can regain that, that flavor. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you can... You can have him in your life. He can fill you with your whole, his Holy Spirit. He can give you this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're not made your, your peace with God, today he invites you to come. If you accept him as, as the Lord and Savior who died on the cross for you, who shed his blood for you, you can be born again. You can have your sins washed away in baptism. Today is your day. Or if you simply want to be used by God and say, Lord, I want to be like salt to affect he says you are already the salt you just need to act it you just need to do it hallelujah every head bow every eye closed father in jesus name we come before your holy spirit and presence that's here asking you again lord god is you would search our hearts we come in repentance lord before you we come humbly in your in your house before your throne and we ask God for your mercy and your compassion. We're asking you for your blessings to be upon our lives. We pray, dear God, that you give us this wonderful gift again of your Holy Spirit that would flow out of us unto a world that needs you. Lord God, I pray that you fill the hungry and the thirsty, that the hearts would be surrendered over to you, and that, Lord God, your anointing would be in this place to change and to heal. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I want to invite you to come out of your seats to this altar area and pray. This is now our opportunity to pray and to talk to God. To simply say, Lord, I trust in your word. I'm not, it doesn't mean you're backslidden. It doesn't mean that you're, you're against God. But you want to, to have more of him. You want to be salty. You want to be seasoned. Hallelujah. If you need salvation... If you need deliverance and redemption for your life, he's here to deliver you and save you. If you need to make your peace with God, now is the time. 
Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time for you to know him. Hallelujah. This altar is open. Why don't we talk to the Lord for a few moments? Why don't we spend some time with God? He said, come to me, all of you that are weary and heavily laden. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't all of us here in this house talk to Jesus now in Jesus' name.